You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It is the night before the big game. By big game, I just mean any game that involves the Packers, which is happening tomorrow, and that's pretty exciting. Um, I'd love to tell you what we're doing today, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out together what we're doing today. Let's kick this thing off. That scared me. I, I, <laughs> I just started reading. I, I have a bad habit of trying to read what the callers are saying beforehand, and I freak out. And I thought it said my wife died, and I'm like, whoa, this is pretty heavy. I don't know if I'm ready for this, but I'm, that's... That's not what it says, so we're. I think we're okay. I'm pretty sure that's not what it says. I don't know. We're going to find out. I feel I should let you know that my wife did just buy oh. me some extremely caffeinated drink at Dutch Brothers, and I demolished it. Now I got a little bit of energy. So, uh, yeah, sorry about the, uh, the hyperness. <laughs> Maybe you understood half of what I said. Peace. Apparently I shouldn't have cut it off. That's how we should have ended yesterday. But, Nico, you're getting us off to a good start today. We're caffeinated, we're full of energy, it's cold, and it's it's folly feeling outside, and college football, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, not et cetera, et cetera, that's how you say that. Jacob, what's going on, man? Here, Pack Daddy, it's Jacob from the Packed Daddy Fantasy Podcast hey. on your network. Hey, Jacob. Long time no talk, sorry. Fantasy Podcast. Life. Stuff. Yeah. Podcast. But uh, last night, as we're doing the podcast, which you can find on the Packernet Podcast Network, plugging, plugging it pretty hard here. Um, uh, we were getting to watch that game while we were recording, and man, the Bears still suck. So bad. Like, bad, bad. And I'm looking at Fields and stat lines here, 14 to 27, 190 with a touchdown and one pick. It doesn't look horrible, necessarily. He got sacked five times. He ran the ball well, 12 carries for 88 yards. But... That doesn't tell the story of how situationally horrible he played. I mean, laughable it would be an improvement. It was if I'm a Bears fan, I am I'm sweating hard. And um by the way, those jerseys, what what are they doing there? Look <laughs> like candy corn. Disgusting. Festive. All around disgusting. So anyways, keep your heads up, uh, Packer fans. It could be way worse. Go back up. We did start off on a good note. Remember last time we started 
Well, we didn't start the whole week. I mean, it started with that disaster of a Thursday night game that had nothing to do with us. But then we kind of kicked it off in horrible fashion, ruined the whole day. Then we had to watch the Vikings win, but not even in such a way where the Bears collapsed. It was like the Bears actually looked kind of competent and decent, and they could have at least had the decency to win the game, but then, no, they lost in, in horrible fashion. So it's like the, the it was one of the better Bears performances, and the Vikings still won, so it was just bad all around. Then the Raiders almost beat the Chiefs, but then they lost. It was like every game that I watched was, oh, oh Tom Brady with the, they should have lost the game, but then he gets that penalty that bails him out. That was actually when I when I quit. I didn't even watch the uh, the Chiefs game. I just saw the Chargers or the Chargers. The Raiders were winning at halftime by a substantial margin, and I said, "I guarantee Chiefs are going to win." And obviously, they did. Everything sucked. So hopefully, this is the sign of of new and better things to come. Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network that you can find right here on the Packernet Podcast Network. That was Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast, also known as PFN here on the Packernet Podcast Network, or PFP, PCP? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a good show, and you should check it out. PFN is a different thing. That's Pro Football Network. That's not this network, and also it's not a fantasy show on this network that is hosted by Jacob. And the one thing I will say that I like, as annoying as it is with Bears fans, still, you know, again, they 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 have treated Justin Fields as the Alamo. That is where they've retreated to, but at least they have abandoned everything else. They have abandoned the idea that they have this great offensive line. Remember, they really liked Borum. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is the next coming of whatever elite guard you happen to like. Uh, their rookie fifth-round pick beat out Riley Reef because he's so good. Lucas Patrick is a really solid center from the Packers, which I actually agreed with, but he hasn't been very great, I guess. But the bottom line is they had to abandon that. And on top of that, that's not enough. They also had to abandon their wide receiver. So they left that entire offensive line with Tevin Jenkins and Lucas Patrick and Larry Borum and everybody else that they loved and hyped up and and heaped praises on. They all left them for dead and are throwing them under the bus. But they're also throwing Darnell Mooney and Equinemia St. Brown and Byron Pringle and, and Cole Komet and the whole crew. And by the way, the one thing they refuse to mention when they say he has no weapons whatsoever and no offensive line is that you're kind of throwing Montgomery under the bus too. They're not. They're not he's still elite and all that, even though Herbert is a better running back, but they don't want to admit that either because, you know, Montgomery had that one good game against the Packers. But they they, they have thrown every, including Luke Getze. Luke Getze goes under the bus, even though I thought the offense actually looked really good from a schematic standpoint. I mean, it reminded me of the Packers in which, you know, there's nothing else the scheme could have done to help you. It's just down to execution, and you watch the offensive line and Justin Fields and the wide receivers collapse, even when Justin Fields did finally throw a pass that was decent. Actually, that was more the Washington than anything else. But, you know, you got drops out there. You got, uh, I think even, <laughs> was it Amir Smith-Marset, the guy that lost the game last week, lost it this week. He refused to go out of bounds against the Vikings, and then they ripped the ball out of his hand, and that ended the game. This week, Justin Fields throws him a pass and he drops it. I think it was on, I don't know, I don't know, but that, that was it. That was the end of the game. So two game losers for Amir Smith-Marset, but that's it. Justin Fields is it. He's the only thing, and, and you know the reason why, right? They're a brand new franchise, and as long as they've got the quarterback and the GM, they're going to be fine, and, and, and also the, the head coach, and they're trying to keep him separate from the offensive coordinator, right? Offensive coordinator sucks. He's great, right? The defense, we like the defense. And so you can have, you can hold on to a shred of hope if you have a GM, a quarterback, and a head coach. You can burn the rest with fire. That's what they're trying to do. And so when he airmails a ball 
over the tight end's head for a walk-in touchdown, that was the tight end's fault. When he misses a guy wide open to his left and he decides instead to bail to his right, that's not his fault. It was designed to go to the right, even though it wasn't. And then the people that do acknowledge, well, it wasn't designed, he bailed, but how could you blame him? His offensive line is so bad. Also, he, that, that play wouldn't have gone anywhere. He would have gotten tackled probably eventually. Defend Fields at all costs. And they found, uh, I think it's Trent Dilfer, has made it his personal mission to defend Justin Fields at every turn. And so he has become their god. Trent Dilfer is the god of Bears fans. And no matter what anybody says, no matter what Justin Fields does, they rush to find what Trent Dilfer says. Trent Dilfer says, nope, it was somebody else's fault on that play, not Justin Fields. He's great. And they say, see, he's an NFL quarterback. I trust him over everybody else. And then when other film guys, you know, show things about Fields not being good and and make diagrams and, and diagnose how the play was designed to go and what he needs to do. And, you know, you even have announcers now critiquing him live during the game saying, you know, there's a good pass, but you'd like to see the ball out now, 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 throw it, throw it. Throw it. And then he throws. It. No, 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 no. Trent Dilfer says that was perfect. That was right on. That was exactly how it's supposed to go. And, and that's the ultimate trump card. It's the same with uh, Kurt Bankert when he rallies to defend the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. That ends the argument. Well, obviously, an- another quarterback would know. And now you're not allowed to talk about it anymore. As if we don't know that this happens all the time. You, you've got the quarterback announcers that are always defending the quarterback and guys always laugh about it like well of course you're going to defend the quarterback you're a quarterback the quarterback's never wrong according to a quarterback same with wide receivers the wide receivers that become television announcers always say the wide receivers doing great doing what doing awesome and it's the quarterback's fault it's not because they're elite brilliant minds that know everything they're human beings who have bias and and sometimes a lack of understanding and by the way multiple things can be true at once you look at a play where the tight end maybe Maybe he was turned a little too inside and, and should have run more in a straight line and turned a little bit later, whatever. But that doesn't mean it's 100% his fault. You can still adjust where you throw the ball to. You don't have to throw it over his head. Out of 32 quarterbacks, how many guys throw it over his head, do you think? He might not be the only one. But to pretend as though all 32 are going to miss because the tight end isn't going as fast as, as he should have is absurd. But anyways, that's the game that's being played right now defend fields at all costs and it's fine because i want fields to stay there for a long time because he reminds me exactly of mitch trubisky he's just a lot more athletic he's a guy that looks like garbage looks like garbage looks like garbage makes one really good throw and then you go oh no he's gonna be a really good quarterback one day that sucks and then he plays like garbage like garbage, and it just never comes like that consistency that was trubisky's fault all the time jay cutler jay cutler he had a huge arm would make deep throws all the time had you know he would have highlights like crazy he just wasn't a good, consistent quarterback. Like I've said, the, the, the difference between a good quarterback and a garbage quarterback isn't that one big play. It's consistency on down-to-down. So I don't care about the highlights. The highlights don't tell me you're going to be a good quarterback. Consistency. Are you becoming more consistent on a down-to-down, play-to-play, game-to-game basis? The answer is no. Anyways, Jacob, stop getting me fired up on the Bears. Nobody wants to listen to that when we're playing the Jets. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get carried away. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon, there he is. Ryan. Hey. Super fan. Hey, man. Happy Friday. Um, Saturday, thank you. Friday. So, <clears throat> last week I called in and, and uh, I did pick the Packers to win uh, in a close one, 22 to 20. Me too. Um, but I did say I was very concerned about the trip to London. Yep, we were on the same page um, with this one. Clearly, the concern was uh, um, certainly uh, warranted with <laughs> how things turned out. This week, I uh, and I said during the game, I think a couple times on Twitter, 
I said, if the Packers play like this, uh, next week, the Jets will beat them by 10 points. And at the time, you know, I was probably a little emotional, but, you know, I've been, in retrospect now, you know, I've been sitting all week trying to figure out how I'm going to pick this game, and I have I don't feel any different. Um, I don't see anything changing. I agree with you. I don't think uh, before is not changing. Rodgers isn't going to change. Joe Barry sure as hell isn't going to change how he, he plays defense. Um, you know, they're, if they if they win Sunday, it's just going to be because they got some breaks. Um, so you know, I in the, going into the season, I had the I had the Jets as an easy win in Lambeau, but I'm I'm going with the Jets. 27-17 Jets. Um, just very down on this team right now. I also heard that Christian Watson, it sounds like now, he's going to be out for a while. So, you know, without the downfield downfield threat now, I just don't see how the Packers are going to be able to score enough points. 27-17 Jets. Thanks. Yeah, I'm not – I'm not as down, but if you listen to the podcast today, you know kind of how I feel about it. Um, I think it's a tough matchup. The, the only thing that keeps me optimistic is that it's in Lambeau. We are undefeated at home. No, I don't consider London a home game. Um, we beat the Bears. We beat New England. I think that's going to give us a little bit of extra juice, but I do think it's going to be a hard-fought win, and, and the idea that we're going to beat the team by you know seven and a half points last I saw is is borderline laughable to me. I don't know where they're getting these numbers from. Um, not that it's impossible. Anything's possible. I mean, the, the Jets last week blew out Miami. Seemed like that would be pretty impossible, but it but it happened. But there's nothing rational based on what we've seen this year that says that the Packers are going to blow them out by more than a touchdown. Um, and again, I, I in this game, I have two primary concerns in that, you know, with, with the offense and with the defense, two separate concerns. Offensively, I don't know what they're going to do to attack the Jets. I think the Jets, I mean, this is true of every team. I don't really know what the Packers are going to do, period. Ideally, you run the ball successfully. The problem is this is a good run defense. And as much as we talked about, well, Tampa Bay had a good run defense. Nope. Tampa Bay, I think, is ranked like 15th in run defense. The Jets are number five. This is the best, I think, the best run defense we've played all year. Um, They have a very good defensive line. So everything that I've said about the offense, that's scary is in this game. The inability to run. Pressure on Aaron Rodgers. They've got really good pass rushers, so there's going to be pressure on Aaron Rodgers. There's going to be a lack of ability to run. There's probably going to be us getting away from the run, and now we're going to have Aaron Rodgers trying to challenge down the field against pretty decent corners and a pretty good secondary. And by the way, this is a 49ers team. This is a team that um, is now trying to replicate the 49ers by a guy who helped architect what is the 49ers defense right now? Along with, you know, Michael Fleur, who obviously was there under Shanahan and is bringing those principles and everything else. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm not as down, but I, I just look at it and I, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're going to have to overcome what seems impossible. They're going to have to be able to throw when the defense says, we dare you to throw. You know, our $50 million, 50, what is it, $48 million quarterback, Ken Ingles said on Twitter, I think, he, he's he's got to win. When the defense says we're not going to let you run, we're going to make you throw, you have to do it. You know, again, the podcast today, what, Randall Cobb is the fifth highest graded wide receiver in football right now. Alan Lazard is ranked like, th- what, 37th? 
they're not they're they're capable. Romeo Dobbs is capable. But you, you gotta you gotta make it work. Not to mention two really good receiving backs. You've got tight ends. Deguara had a good week last week. Tunyon obviously has, has had a big role in the past. Um you know what I feel like is missing? And it's not like I want this to be the sustainable strategy going forward, but last year it always seemed like somebody emerged. Somebody had that big day. It was either Lazard would pop off for you know, 120 and two touchdowns, or MVS would have his one two, one of two big days of the year, or Tunyon would have a big day. We don't really have that. We haven't had like a guy that just blows up, unless it's Aaron Jones, and then we're like, no, we just need to stop running him or whatever. Um, we, we need that. We just need that one matchup that they can't seem to stop. And maybe not having Devontae is what's eliminating that, because obviously Devontae would have several big days. The other guys would probably feast on the fact that a lot of attention is being given to Devontae. I don't know. And yes, I am concerned about the Christian Watson thing. Uh, like I said, not necessarily his production. He wasn't giving us much, but not having the speed threat is just going to make it easier for them to shrink the field. Um, you know, it's like back in the day when you'd be playing baseball and that one guy would come up and everybody in the outfit would be like, come on, come up closer, come up closer. It's like the ultimate insult when they when the outfielders would start coming in because they know, you know, the ball ain't going out there. That's defenses without Christian Watson now. Just there's no reason for us to be afraid of them attacking deep because they can't really do it. On the defensive side, my only concern is that we keep doing what we've been doing. Um, the The Jets have very little... The, the, there's nothing that they do that's really scary. Their, their running back's being given a lot of, of respect, although I don't think he's doing that great. The offensive line is not that great. Quarterback grades out well, but he's he's very loose with the football. Two big-time throws, four turnover-worthy plays is terrible um, in, in just two weeks. So the opportunities are there. He holds onto the ball a ton. All we have to do is not do what we've been doing, and I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think we are going to do what we've been consistently doing. And so then we're just left with, well, are we going to execute it properly now? Well, I don't know. So I don't know, but... I'm going to have the same feeling I had last week. I'm going to pick the Packers to win in a very close game that most of us are going to end up complaining about when it's all said and done, because instead of blowing out the Jets, we're going to narrowly beat the Jets, and we're all going to be very annoyed by that. If we lose to the Jets, it's full collapse mode. If we blow out the Jets, then it's all right, cool. And then, like I said, we can assess what exactly changed and, and move forward with that. But we'll see. We, we await with bated breath. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey. Um, sorry for the delay in this call. I wanted to call earlier this week, but I was on vacation. Congrats. Uh, but I wanted to comment on your podcast about Aaron Jones and not utilizing Aaron Jones. Um, totally agree with you. I love Aaron Jones. Big fan. Uh, a few years ago when his contract was up, I think that was the same year Corey Lindsley was also up his contract and obviously Jamal Williams was up and I remember being a little torn about well should we keep Corey and maybe Jamal and let Aaron go or or what should we do and but I loved Aaron Jones so when we re-signed him I thought okay this is maybe signaling that we're going to commit to more of a running game we're putting lots of money into this and we picked Dylan pretty early as well so we got this one-two punch um, but that doesn't seem to be happening. And I'm just confused as to why they would have 
spent all this money and then just let them sit on, not sit on the bench, but obviously not, not leveraging them like we should, as you pointed out. So, um, anyway, just a comment about that and kind of the history of all that. If we were going to do that, I'd say we should have just kept Jamal and had Dylan and maybe get Corey back. Maybe all the numbers don't quite work, but I looked at them recently. They weren't dramatically off. So, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's just hope for a Jets win. I'll be at the game this Sunday. Looking forward to it and appreciate everything you do. Take care. Thanks, and I hope you have fun at the uh, at the game. Yeah, I, I was all in on Corey, um, and I don't know if I was right or wrong about that because, like you said, if they were utilizing Aaron Jones and he could maintain even just a five and a half yard, he doesn't even need to maintain what he's doing now. If he had a five and a half yard average, and we were running him, you know, twenty plus times a game on top of you know using AJ Dillon uh, a, a good amount because of the investment we put in him as well. Then yeah, I, w- I would concede I was probably wrong about about the situation, you know. Um, but at this point, I don't know. I mean, Josh Myers hasn't really proven to be a dominant football player by any stretch. Corey Lindsay was the top center in football. I know. Well, I guess I don't know what he's doing necessarily right now. I know he was doing a good job. I could look it up, but I don't know if I want to. I guess I will since we're talking about him. But either way, it you know different team and everything else. Uh, there's every reason to believe that he would have been able to continue doing what he was doing here. Number one pass blocking center in all of football, Corey Lindsley. Sixth highest graded center, Corey Lindsley. So, yeah, I, I can't help but feel like at this point, if we're not going to utilize Aaron Jones, we shouldn't have kept him. We should have let him go. We should have paid to keep Corey Lindsley. We would have had, uh, you know, and then we could have invested somebody else in the spot that we got Josh Myers. Could have used that pick on somebody else. Unfortunately, the, the real negative is we probably would have used that pick on Amari Rodgers because they had mentioned that they were really considering taking him in the second round but decided to go with Josh because they thought he wouldn't make it and then they traded up for Josh Myers. Um, but, you know, just just perusing. I don't see a ton of great players. I mean, Creed Humphrey was taken one spot later, which is absolutely brutal. He is the number one center in all of football that we missed out on that one. Um, but anyways, yeah, not a not a ton of great players here. That are that I'm noticing necessarily, um, so I guess it doesn't make that big of a deal. So, so it really just does come down to Aaron Jones or um, Corey Lindsley. And I think, I mean, if this is all we're going to do with the run game, just having you know AJ Dillon and and whoever else we would have brought in would have been more than enough to handle the workload that the Packers are utilizing, and it would have been better. Aaron Jones would or uh, Aaron Rodgers would be in the pocket much more comfortably. The run game would be much better than it is now with Corey, who's obviously been doing this a long time and was doing a great job here in Green Bay. I mean, Corey was the number one center in football. He had an 83.4 run blocking grade. His run blocking grade is the only thing that's really fallen off, and that's probably because he's playing with a new team in a new system. Here, he was doing a great job as a run blocker. So we would have had, you know, David Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Corey Lindsley, Elton Jenkins. I mean, it, it would be an elite offensive line with the only exception being the spot that Royce is in. And who knows if maybe we could have been able to replace that. You know, it's the whole butterfly effect thing. But as of right now, again, if they're not going to utilize Aaron Jones, I'm going to say I was right. We should have let him go. We should have kept Corey Lindsley. If they're going to actually use him like they should, and Aaron Jones dominates and they allow him to be the best running back in all of football, I'm happy to concede that I was wrong. I want to concede that I was wrong. I want to say, whoops, my bad. 
I guess you, in some cases, can pay a running back and it works out. Because right now, nope. So, hoping for a turnaround on that. Hey, Ryan. It's Emilio. Hey. Uh, 6.34 Eastern Time. All right. Trust packed. And uh, we're off, heading up to uh, the Dairyland State. Heyo. 11-hour drive, you know, and all I'm looking forward to is the boys on defense playing like they're in high school again. You know, just ball out like they're the best player on the team. And uh, if we can't get Rodgers to put on that turtleneck, I think that'll uh, solve the rest of the offensive issues right there. So on the drive now, give you an update sometime. Appreciate it. Pretty good. So it's an 11-hour drive. And let's see, it's noon my time. You called 533. You're six and a half hours in. There you go. Making some progress, but yeah, they uh, that 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 is the thing. I mean, that they're. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm saying the same thing a thousand times. They're the most talented guys on the field, and they they play like they suck. I mean, everything is is geared toward like playing scared and playing off, and and like oh no, we're, you play like you are the inferior group. Same with the offense; they do the same thing. It's it's like. What do we do? We don't, you know, daring Aaron Rodgers to pass. Like, what in the world are we even doing in this world? What do you say? What do you do? What do you know? You know you're, you're the favorites to win, right? Like, you are the better team. You are the back-to-back MVP quarterback. You are the elite cornerback. You are the, like, you guys know this stuff, right? They don't act like it. They don't play loose and fast and violent and physical, and they play like they're, a three-win team just trying their best to fight and scratch and claw for as many wins as they can possibly get. It's crazy. Yes, play like you're in high school, back in the day when you were the best player in the entire state, much less in your you know school in a, in a region or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm so tired of just talking about the same things over again. <laughs> I know you're tired of hearing me saying it, but I don't know, I don't know, what, else, I don't know what else to do. I'm just, just commenting on the comments. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Aaron here. Hey, Aaron. I'm just giving you a call as I'm uh, leaving my hometown of St. Paul, Minnesota, so I can go up to Door County via the way of Lambeau Field, I guess. See what I mean about themes? It's like it was one of the first times anybody has ever called in 75 episodes saying, I'm packing up, heading to Green Bay for the game. We got back-to-back calls saying the same thing. You guys coordinate these calls, don't you? Green Bay, I mean. Um, anyways, so... I'm listening to your current Packernet After Dark episode, and okay. I realized how much I miss Tom. So right? i got to say to you, Brian, uh, between the two hosts of Packernet After Dark, you, Brian, and Tom, i got to say I've never met Tom, but from the little that I know you, Brian, I <laughs> would absolutely choose Tom every time. Every time. So... I got to say again, Brian, that I have never met Tom, but I would still choose him. Anyways, well, bye. Thank you, Aaron um, from Minnesota. Everybody from Minnesota is a D-bag. I don't know if you knew that. It's science. No, but I miss Tom, too. And, and just like that, poof, vanish. He's gone, never to return. He drops in, drops seven questions, leaves. All right, we'll do one more call, and then we'll take a break and uh, do that whole thing. 
Hey, Pack Daddy. Hey. Uh, it's Nate. I'm calling in because I listened to Pack Renette After Dark, and I got to disagree with uh, your monster choice or your horror movie bad guy choice. Okay. It's obviously Ghostface from Scream. Like, he would be the funniest dude to hang out with. Sure, he's probably going to try to kill you. And uh, who even knows if it's just one person or if he's actually two people. But, yeah. you know, uh, more bang for your buck, you're you're interviewing two people. He does seem like kind of a party animal. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a long time since I've seen Scream. There was, like, that period of time where it was just, like, on HBO all the time, so you'd watch it, like, a bunch of times. But I haven't seen it in a long time. But I'm just, I, like, vaguely remember that kitchen scene where he's, like, telling the guy to stab him. Get a little woozy here. <laughs> But no, I mean, they, they seem like party animals, like they have a good time. They're crazy, but I don't think they're going to try to kill me. Also, I'm getting confused between that and I know what you did last summer for some reason. I was trying to talk about what happens and like, oh, they won't kill me because they were like after something. I was like, wait a minute. No, that's a different movie. Why were they trying to kill? I don't know. I want to watch that. It's not like a... Real scary movie. I guess it's kind of creepy or whatever, but it's not like your classic like monster, like ooh spooky kind of thing. It's it's sort of like a suspense, I guess. Like there's some scary aspects to it, but it's it's like a suspense thriller thing. I want to watch it. This is the greatest spot. You're gonna love this. We got a surprise for you, Sydney. Yeah, you're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. Hold on a sec. I'll be right back. He's pretty wild. He's pretty crazy. I mean, it it could backfire on you in terms of it just being a really obnoxious lunch or whatever the original concept was. If he's just going to act like that the whole time, it's one of those things where you start to get embarrassed. Everybody's staring at your table, you know? Then again, I invited a clown out to lunch, so I don't know. I'll stick with my answer, but that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good thought. And yeah, it was it was two guys. There's the, I don't know. Maybe you bring them both and they balance each other out a little bit. And if the guy gets a little too mouthy, you can, you know, stab him again. Anyways, sorry. Well, if you interview Ghostface, sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. Um, and then I have another question for you that's going to be kind of a Halloween-related question. All right. Um, if you were working in your lab yeah. late one night yeah. and your eyes beheld an eerie sight and from the slab your monster began to rise, what would you do? Go, back, go. So I'm in a lab, right? And my eyes beheld an eerie sight. And from the slab, the monster began. Is this like a Edgar Allan Poe poem? It sounds like a poem because there's weird words. Either that or you're reading it out of Frankenstein. I'm not entirely sure. But from the slab, my monster begins to rise. What would you do? Um, well, I mean, I, I put it there, right? And I'm presumably trying to bring it to life. So maybe scream, it's alive. It's alive. Abby Normal is alive. Something like that. I don't know. I'm not sure because I don't know why I'm in a lab with a monster on a, on a slab to begin with. That would probably, the answer to that might help inform the, the other answer. If I was just dropped into that scenario, I'm running. The right answer is probably disable it, kill it, so it doesn't go out into the world and slaughter millions. But nope, I'm running, saving myself, grabbing my kids and my wife, and we're driving until, you know, I'll, I'll let the I'll let the military handle it. Not my problem. You just dropped me in the middle of this. What do you want me to do? 
If this thing can kill millions, I can't stop it. And if it can't, then somebody else will take care of it. Did you drop me in there with a shotgun? Loaded? Ready to rock and roll? I'll take a crack at it. One pop, but then I'm running. I'm not a hero. It's a monster. There's no rules here. Mike Myers is a human, and you can't even kill it. This thing is a monster that was just dead five seconds ago. What is killing it going to do? It's already dead. You know what sucks about modern movies is that the monsters are all super fast, so you can't even run away. I hope it's like an old-school monster where it's like, you know, Night of the Living Dead or Frankenstein where it's just, you know, where I could probably go upstairs, you know, wake up my family, tell them, hey, we got to go, pack a bag, get in the car, you know, jump the battery because I'm sure it doesn't start before he finally gets to where we are and then we peel out of there never to be seen again, you know, to be continued, scrawls across the screen or the end, or, or whatever, I don't know, he spins around with a chainsaw, it's a different movie, but, yeah, they're, they're all fast now, you know, fast is scary, you kind of see something out of the corner of your eye, and they're just, you know, that whole thing, freaks you, it's, it's all about jump scares now, it's not just, like, scary scary, because I think nobody's scared by, like, lumbering zombies anymore, what, 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 to all the older crowd, what the heck were you guys scared of, I don't understand, I've seen Hitchcock's The Birds, that movie sucks, it's not just the graphics, it's a stupid movie. It's a freaking bird. At least arachnophobia, there's the whole thing about arachnophobia. They're freaking spiders. That's scary. That sucks. That's another good movie that I'll never watch again because it'll probably suck watching it, you know, later in life, but that's a good one. Anyways, um, yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Nate's got another call. Hopefully not just a part two of this, but um, patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry can support them over at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Number to call in, 608-501-0718. Call in, give me your thoughts, your feelings, your concerns, your questions. Um, Especially during the game. Call me beforehand, tell me how you're feeling. Call me during the game. Tell me how you're feeling. Call me after the game. Tell me how you're feeling. Nate, what's up, man? Hey, back, Daddy. I just had to reach back out. Uh, again, it's Nate with a question. What up? Um, I've seen a lot on Twitter of Bears fans seeming to think that they're going to have Elton Jenkins 
next year. What? Is that like a foregone conclusion that we're going to trade him and also that we would trade him to the Bears? Yeah. I don't think so, but uh, maybe I'm no. missing something here. Would uh, like to hear your, your thoughts and opinions. I, I so Let me look at one thing. I think I know what's going on. Yeah, so, so this is what's called um, laziness. <laughs> Elton Jenkins is in the final year of his contract right now. Um, he was not a first-round pick, so there is no fifth-year option. This is it. This is his final year with the Green Bay Packers. And so when you just pull up a list of free agents next year, Elton Jenkins pull, comes up on that list, right? So l- let me give you an example. Here are a couple options of people that are available for us next year if we so choose. If Rodgers does leave, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, couple options. If Aaron Jones leaves next year, a couple options, Saquon Barkley, uh, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Mark Ingram, Melvin uh, Gordon, Raheem Mostert, Rex Burkhead, if any of those guys sound interesting. Saquon would be nice, though, right? We should get Saquon. Wide receiver. We definitely need wide receivers. Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, uh, Randall Cobb, Julio Jones, Will be available. Alan Lazard is a free agent. Juju Smith-Schuster, AJ Green, Jarvis Landry. If any of that sounds interesting, those are options. Tackles: Orlando Brown, Jack Conklin, George Fant, Mike McGlinchey is available. Riley Reef, Andre Dillard. Um, guards: Justin Pugue, Pugh, however you say his name. Roger Saffold, Wes Schweitzer, Nick Gates, Dan Feeney, Trey Turner. Edge rushers: J.J. Watt. Yannick Ngakwe, Brandon Graham, Dalvin Tomlinson, Jadavian Clowney, Matt Ioannidis, Ashawn Robinson, Akeem Hicks is not a def- well, it says defensive end, but this is just how they sort it out. Bradley Chubb, Cleland Furl, Golston, Dwayne Smoot, Marcus Davenport sure would be nice, wouldn't he? He's one of the one of the better pass rushers in football. We could just get him. Uh, Fletcher Cox along the defensive tackle if we want. Um, Hargrave, Anyamata, Larry Ogunjobi. Again, Akeem Hicks. Are you are you getting what I'm doing here, by chance? Levante David at linebacker. Roquan Smith, we could get at linebacker. If you want to get a safety, Jesse Bates, Jordan Poyer, Jimmy Ward. The point is, a lot of these things, these players are not going to be free agents at this time. They're going to get contracts from their team. The vast majority, especially of the really good players, the vast, 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 vast majority, if not all, of the good players who are young and on their first contract will be getting contracts with their team. The Packers are not going to get rid of Elton Jenkins. And so this is people being lazy and just typing in, you know, list of free agents next year, seeing a list and saying, these are the free agents, who should we get? Without taking any look at the likelihood that they're actually let go or or anything like that. So any Bears fan that's saying that they're going to get Elton Jenkins next year is just not being super smart about the way they go about finding information. Uh, we just got a call from a first-time caller, so let's see what's going on, oh my. Uh, yeah, first-time call, long-time listener. Hey. The Packers are going to dominate. There it is. Aaron Rodgers will throw so many touchdowns. <laughs> all good things will happen. All the negative stuff people are saying is all lies. The Packers will win. That's it. That, that's where it... That is the moment the franchise turned back to what it was like last year, but franchise just turned around right there at 1.40 p.m. on October 15th, 
the year of our Lord, 2022, when they look back on this day, the year the Packers won the Super Bowl, this is the day that they're going to look at and say, man, things really turned around. You know, there was a quote from Aaron Rodgers, something to the effect of, you know, we're going to hit our stride and I feel like it's going to happen pretty soon, blah, blah, blah. But this, this is it. And this is the energy I want moving forward. I mean, you guys, it's you can do whatever you want. You call in with whatever takes you want. But this is what we need. This is going to carry us. I should end the show here. Dare I? It's a little early. I think I'm going to. I think we're wrapping it up, folks. That's what we're ending with. Tomorrow, that's what we're starting with. I can't promise that. I guess I could just play this call again. I just got to think of a good name for this first-time caller here. Game Changer? Could just make your name first-time caller, long-time listener. I mean, you know, you would, you would officially have that name. Um, first-time caller, Packers dominate, Packers win. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to call in 608-501-0718. Give me your thoughts on the game or, you know, well, I guess regardless, it could be before, during, or after. Whenever you're hearing this, give me your thoughts, give me your takes, tell me whatever you want to tell me, but at some point in the call, tell me what this guy's name should be. And we are in a race against time because he will probably call back and give us his name. And we don't want it to be Mike from Maguanago. But if he calls back next and says, I'm Mike from Maguanago, we got to go with that. And then I have to figure out how to spell Maguanago. Hopefully Google Translate will figure that out. Because I don't know. But we're going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Go Pack Go. Bye.